in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everybody and welcome uh, to another top 10 show i am john roca and i am matt nost and uh, we're here to bring you another weekly discussion about movies but how are you first and foremost i'm good good just uh, kind of getting ready for christmas and uh, relaxing here in the house um it's been a busy week though doing some final stuff and then i'll be working on some stuff over the weekend but then next week i'm taking pretty much completely off except for our show and then just kind of t- just disattaching. So I need to do that. So uh, just looking forward to that um, so I can see the light at the end of the tunnel right now. But yeah, overall, good to go. How about you? Uh, you know, no complaints. Last minute gift getting and all that. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, almost all of it's online. And yeah, I'll be in town over Christmas for the first time in quite a while. So wow. don't have the rush of getting out. And it looks like f- fucking half the country is buried under an arctic blast <laughs> i think it's like 17 states or something ridiculous have sub-zero uh temperatures yeah apparently they were saying like you, your time had run out if you had booked a flight after today i think you're pretty much screwed um and depending on where you're going because so much of the country is as you said under the snow situation under a weather situation and so you're seeing all kinds of flights thousands of flights being canceled or delayed already it's crazy man i yeah, traveling for the holidays, man. I don't know. Uh, we did it last year. We like to do it like on the 20th or the 19th mm-hmm. so that we can get seven days in and then rush on back. Um, but I guess if we had done that this year, it, depending on how the weather goes over the next few days, it would have been rough to come back for sure. Yeah, we normally leave on Christmas Day itself just mm-hmm. because there's nobody flying. and yeah, It's cheaper too. Yeah. It's cheaper and just it's easier. It's less of a hassle overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't wake up to open presents anymore, so who gives a shit? <laughs> I, I don't, so yeah. it's like, hey, let's fly out on uh, Christmas because that just makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, don't have to deal with any of it this year, and it looks like if we were ever going to opt out, this was the year to do it. So yeah. thankfully that worked out in our favor. 100% right, 100% right, yeah. And I'm like, sister texted me, and she's like, are you sure you don't want to come? I'm like, no, trust me, you know. Last year was every time we go to Virginia, it's just kind of um, a lot, you know, because I don't stay at my mom's house anymore. And so getting the hotel, then getting a rental car, also the weather differences, mm-hmm. all of that. And uh, it gets more and more, how can I say, populated where we live, that it becomes such a bear to navigate. Even here, like it's it's kind of crazy how like it's totally chill and then as soon as december rolls around all of a sudden more people are out of their house more people are shopping more people are going to these places and it's just kind of crazy how much uh, even a, a smaller area like this can get um a lot of tra- foot traffic or car traffic uh no matter where you go it's almost like what the what the hell man? It's a, is it do, are people shopping for that many things but i guess so cuz it gets crazy out yeah. here man and over there as well yeah, I don't, I don't, when was the last time you actually went and purchased a gift in person? 
for uh, Christmas. Two, uh, two I, days ago, I guess. Yeah. Really? I do. Oh yeah. All of it online. Well, yeah. I, I wish I could. I that's my first stop. But then when I don't see it, or they're over. For, for example, the thing I got for my nephew, and I'm not even sending it until after Christmas because it's just crazy the rates right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told, and my sister's totally cool with that. But like, I'm sending him something. I found a Lego um Groot Iron Man set that's new that sure. apparently uh Costco was selling for only $20 but online everywhere it's almost $200 because Costco I don't think understood the exclusivity of what they were putting out uh and so um I couldn't find it online for anything less than $200 I saw there was 20 bucks I thought it was a typo yeah. at Costco and I went over there's the one co- close to us and like we're out and then, oh, I think there's 25 of them over at the other one. So I drove like a bat out of hell to the other one. And a woman had just come in and bought 20 of them by herself. So they, it was not available online. It was out of stock online. Yeah. So I had to physically go there and get it. literally got the, the second to last one uh, on the bin there. So it was just crazy. So, yeah, every once in a while. But clearly I'm not the only one, Matt, because as I said, a lot of people are out there shopping and physically walking yeah. through stores and buying stuff it's crazy i i, I still know people that do and i'm just yeah I, it, I, some of them i think like the experience of going out and the hustle and bustle and it's, it reminds them of christmas time and all oh, that sure. kind of gets them in the mood that i can understand but just right. doing general christmas shopping i if i can help it yeah just find it all online and then either ship it to me and i'll take care of it or ship it straight to whoever it's going to right because usually at this point I just get kids gifts. I don't really get uh, adults or anything. Because whatever, unless I see something that I think very specifically. Oh, did I lose you there? Was that me or you? Uh, are we still live, guys? Are people hearing me? Can you guys respond and let me know if we're still live? Symbols. Uh huh. Yo, you there? Yeah, what happened? It's like you froze there for a minute, so I don't know if it's my internet or your internet, but it was I had weird. Two loading symbols on both our pictures, so I had to <laughs> mine. Okay, all right. If it happened on both of mine and yeah. I was frozen on yours, I'd assume yeah. it was mine. Okay, <laughs> I was like, "What? Wait, what's going on?" Anyway, I missed all of that. So, would you say? Well, I would just say if there's something specifically like I see and be like, "Oh, I think they would really like that." Otherwise, oh, yeah. it's where do you want a gift card to? Just like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, my sister and I stopped giving each other gifts because, like, we were giving each other gift cards for the same amount of money. And mm-hmm. we were like, well, what's the point of this? I mean, I might as well just spend the money that I want to yeah. spend on my stuff. So it doesn't make sense. And she was like, absolutely, we're fine. But we'll just get the kids stuff. So I'm like, great. Yeah, no problem at all. You know, because we're yeah. both, you know, we've got our stuff. So, yeah, exactly. And certain gift cards, they charge you for the gift card. Yeah, true. Very it's true. Like, yeah, which is crazy. Oh, I, which yeah. is stupid. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, so. By and large, it's like most adults, unless I see something or whatnot, it's just like, uh, you know, you don't have to get me anything. I don't have to get you anything. It's kind of nice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah, I still have, I have one family member revolting and <laughs> still elects to get things every year. And uh, it's always a miss too. That's the worst part. You oh, feign, it, it's you feign like you like it. And you're like, oh, hey, <laughs> fucking never going to use this. Oh, wool socks. I wish wool socks. I wish wool socks. That would have some utility in my life. True. Very. It's true. always like, true. hey, you remember when you were six and you liked this thing? Well, here's a really shitty version of it. Like, oh, 
I have no use for that. Thank you. I mean, I appreciate you thinking of me. Yeah. yeah. But uh, a card would suffice if you really have to do something. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah. Well, at least you lucked out on the Lego sets. I mean. Oh, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy. Because my, my niece wants the um, My Generation stuff from Target. So I got to. That's always weird. I'm, I always tell my sister, like, just tell me what you want, because I, I will, you know, have it picked up, have it picked up, have it delivered, do whatever. I, she's mm-hmm. like, just pick up some outfits, and I'm like, but I don't know what outfits. Yeah. I don't want to repeat the same outfits. Exactly. I don't know what she wants. <laughs> just tell me. Like, I don't want to go through her entire fucking wardrobe to pick out which outfit she might not have, comparing it uh, to online and some. I so I get it. So I guess I'll just get some random stuff and toss it into the box that I'm sending with my, uh, my nephew's stuff as well. So, yeah. Just yeah. tell me specifically, this is what they want. Cause yeah, yeah I would is. rather the kids be excited on Christmas day than being like, what the fuck? <laughs> I already have this. I already yeah. Have- or what in the world makes you think I would want this? Yeah. <laughs> That's almost even worse. That's a oh, great point. I remember getting a gift and it was well-intentioned when yeah, I was a kid yeah. from my uncle, but I was like 10 or 11 and he got me when I was a little kid, like, yeah. you know, five and six and stuff. I love dinosaurs like all little kids did. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And I'm like 10 or 11 now. And my uncle got me this little dinosaur playset, But all the kids on the front of it were like five. <laughs> and I was staring at it as a 10 or 11 year old going, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> it's nice that he sent it. Uh, yeah. I appreciate it. But I, I, I'm not into dinosaurs anymore, man. Um, it, it's so funny because. All of us, I think every generation has those horror stories with the parents or the older generation who gets them gifts and doesn't figure out the age-appropriate thing. And you wonder what happens as you get older. Do you just like forget that you were once a kid and you got gifts like that? So you forget to like pay attention to detail and analyze and troubleshoot the situation so you yeah. get them something good? I, it's always fascinating to me. Or maybe it was when I was their age, I liked this and then yeah, at that kind age. of misremembering. Maybe they were a little younger or, but it's like, we're not the same person. Um, yeah. I'm not going to like the same things. That's what my girlfriend's always like. Just send me a check. I don't, I don't need gifts. Just send me money. That's what I, that's that I can you make use of that and invest that or do something with that. And I, I kind of respect that, to be honest with you. It, it seems kind of cold, but Hey, if it's a gift for what you need, rather than what your need to give a gift, then you gotta um you know kind of respect that so we'll see yeah but i find that that's the same as a gift card to me it's like why am i sending you money (laughs) exactly like i got i got a high school teenager that i get gifts for and she's she's like i just want a gift card and be like no problem i remember being your age and yeah yeah i have zero problem with that there you go that's it's a great gift for someone your age yeah knock yourself out yeah but if you're 30, it's like, why am I sending you a check? <laughs> that doesn't, you have a job, you're making money. Yeah. Why am I sending you a check? You're functioning in society. Yeah. What is happening here? It does, <laughs> why are we doing this? It doesn't make sense to me. Nost, I need your opinion on this. I was hesitating whether to ask you, but I got to ask you this. Jeannie Buss is engaged to Jay Moore. Jay Moore, I know. I mean, how do you go from Phil Jackson to Jay Moore? No offense to Jay Moore, but still, how do you go from Phil Jackson to Jay Moore, who's a funny guy, does a great Christopher well, I mean, Walken impression? She's but, really gotten into comedy over the past... Oh, is that what it is? 
Yeah, she used to, she ran um, like a kind of special show up in Malibu. Oh, okay. And she'd have a couple comics come up and do it, and it would just be like a private event, but it happened semi-regularly. Right. And then eventually they bought the Ice House in Pasadena. Oh, shit, I didn't know so, that. Yeah, it was, it, oh. I think, at the start of the pandemic, but it was under re- renovations for most of the pandemic, and then gotcha. it just opened back up. So I would imagine it's, they they met through some semblance of a show somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know until very recently that they were <laughs> that serious kind of weird yeah i mean apparently dating a couple of years and look love who you love enjoy you. i'm not trying to pontificate on anyone's choice it just seems like an odd jump from a guy like phil jackson who's all about zen and you know super champion and coaching these champions and established nba guy to jay moore who isn't even the best at being a comedian so it just seems weird to me even though i think he's funny again i think he's funny it just seems like an odd jump, but maybe you're right. Maybe her getting into the comedy thing is kind of her finding out what interests her now. You know, kind of like Sinatra yeah. being with Mia Farrow at the as a, uh, before he got with his last wife. So he was at the time just kind of into uh, trying to get into the acting thing more and more. Maybe that was a thing. So I don't know. Anyway, just yeah, kind who of knows. Oh. or maybe behind closed doors, Phil is hilarious. Yeah. or jay you mean jay's hilarious no no no, phil so she's always oh, had a oh. thing for humor oh yeah and good point. jay is the oh, manifestation yeah. of that it's just the next yeah. level who yeah. knows i i don't know but i yeah i didn't know that they were anything like this until yeah very recently i think she's attractive as hell i always thought she was attractive, oh yeah she's so, she's yeah. a good looking yeah. woman yeah absolutely so just interesting. jay looks off go a little so that's okay <laughs> You know, well, you know, yeah. He's a middle-aged man. You get so. older, man. It happens. Yeah, exactly. That's life. Oh man. Um. Any? How, how is uh, anything else going on? What's your thoughts on all the entertainment news? Anything you want to kind of drop here and have a conversation about? Um. Well, I think last week we ran into the holy shit. We talked for too long, so maybe oh. you want to jump into the show instead. I guess of- so. Let's do it as a as a counter. That makes sense. Um, all right. Well, uh, we are doing a list here that uh, was brought to you by Matt Nost, uh, suggested this a few weeks ago. And finally, the door opened up for us to do it. Uh, Matt, please explain what the list is since it was your idea. Um, well, this comes to us from, oh, I want to say a patron years a patron. ago. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm saying like years and years ago suggested this as a, an idea. Okay. And we haven't done it. I want to say the last time we did it, we were still recording at Collider. Oh, wow. Yeah. Woof. But I remember. That is a long time ago, my man. I remember doing it. I don't remember what the genre was. I don't remember what the years were. But in essence, the gist is we picked a 10-year span. So in this one, 95 to 2004. And we picked our favorite sci-fi film from each year. Okay. And then we order our lists, one through 10 of those, one per year. Yeah. And we're going to go through our individual lists. And then when we combine the two of them, well, only one movie from 1998 can make it on. Right. So if John's is higher than mine, then mine gets the automatic boot. Oof, this is going to be rough. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a quite a bit of commonality, to be perfectly you honest. Think? Okay, all right. I do on this one. Once I started getting into it, it's like, <laughs> wow, there's there's a few years that are just terrible. Yeah. As far oh, as sci-fi yeah. films. Oof. You're and struggling some, to find people. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. There's one that I'm clutching at, at straws. <laughs> It's my number 10. I put it at 10. I have one answer. If you don't like that answer, I have a follow-up answer. I don't like either. It's And there were huge blockbusters in sci-fi that year, and I think all the really big films suck. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think we're yeah, probably on the same page with that that year. Yeah. And there was there was like three years, four years, which is like, man, this is unfortunate that you two or you three are going head to head because right. And in other check years, out that yeah. year. Yeah. You would have easily clowned, like dunked on all of those movies. Uh yeah. So yeah, that that's the basic gist of the show. So it's one per year for sci-fi, ninety-five to two thousand four. There's our decade span. Yeah. And uh that's it. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. Yeah. We want to tell them how the show works? Ah, they'll figure it out. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, man, also, what do you got at number 10, man? So 10 is my, if you want to take issue, sure. I I understand what you're saying. Okay. But the year is 2003. Oh, yes. That was a rough year. That's a brutal year. It's the worst year mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is, in my opinion. So on a technicality, I chose the Animatrix. That is a punt. Okay. It never, it doesn't, it, it didn't register a single penny at the box office. No, but it was released at a film festival. Yes. So, okay. Well, that's why I put it at 10. I was yeah. like, this is a lot of. Because 2003 is a shitty year for sci fi. So, when that popped up, it was like finding, like, what does Eddie talk about? Finding that Ritz cracker after you've been in the desert for so long. I was like, oh my God. Yes. I've got something to put All on. All right. Well, if that counts, that is no longer my number 10. Okay. All right. So you want to move that? You want to reorganize it real I quick? I reorganize and I put it where I would put it. So at 10. Okay. Uh, another weak year, in my opinion. Yes. Uh, which is 2001. I agree 100%. And I went with Atlantis. Oh, good choice. I went with AI, artificial intelligence. But still, um, 2001. So. Yeah. Yeah. Weak year. Oof. Horrific, man. And maybe I should bring it up because occasionally... Or talking about the tough years. Well, here's stuff. what I wrote down in contention. Go ahead, man. I have AI, Donnie Darko, Atlantis, and Jurassic Park 3. Those are the ones that I had. And I was like, well, I mean, technically, Jurassic Park 3 would probably be number two. Yeah. Uh, and then AI and Donnie Darko are fighting it. I think Donnie, I like less and less as years yeah. go on. And AI, I haven't seen since I originally saw it, so I I can't give you a valid opinion of it. Yeah, because I mean, I haven't seen Kate and Leopold. That might have made my list if I had seen that movie, but I haven't seen it. I saw it, but it's so long ago. What is it? Yeah. Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan. Yeah, Meg Ryan. Yeah, kind of her last gasp in a kind of uh, romantic comedy. Mm. Um, I considered Final Fantasy Spirits Within because, although the Uncanny Valley is really weird. I appreciated the gutsiness of them trying to make a feature film out of this thing. I agree. And does it 100% work? No, but I kind of liked it, to be honest with you. And whenever yeah. I stumble upon it, uh, occasionally when I flip through on YouTube TV and it pops up, like I'm, I'll watch a few minutes just to be like, God, it really, there was potential here. There was real potential here. I remember enjoying it when it came out. Yeah. And then yeah. I looked it up for this show and the yeah. reviews from critics and audience alike were no bueno and i was like oh, yeah. oh wow my it memory must be pieces. completely skewed on this yeah because it, it crashed in the box office because i think it was made for a hundred and something million dollars and it made like five it was mm. a massive bust uh, at the box office but yeah um so atlantis is your choice yeah that's a good choice man atlantis, i mean they had that future tech yeah even though they're a lost civilization yeah so there's the sci-fi aspect of it because They've created something. They were an advanced civilization long before ours. Right. 
Right, right, right. Um, I think it's great, I think it, Atlantis. It's, I like that movie. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's uh, good too. There's another Disney film that unfortunately went up against a juggernaut in another year. Mm. Um, that I definitely was just like, ah, this sucks for you. I wish you were in a different year because yeah, you definitely would have made it. Yeah. Um, and Atlantis is one of those ones where I don't think people venture back for it or watch it near as much as all the others. And it's really interesting. It's got a, a good characters and voice mm-hmm. cast across the board. They really bring to life a nice spectrum of individuals. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have a, like a lot of the standard Disney tropes of, oh, well, there's some goofy animal that's somehow the best friend, which right. seems to be happening quite a bit lately in Disney movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, Star Wars, too. If you look at Grogu, but yeah. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, to introduce some overly likable small character. Yeah, small character sidekicks type thing. Yeah, yeah where everybody's just like, oh, I can fawn over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where Grogu, I think, actually helps build with the story. Other ones are just like for comedic effect. Right. Like we saw in Lightyear, the socks, the cat. Like he was yeah. great. Although I enjoyed Lightyear and I liked the cat. Um, it was all right. And I think that's the same actor who voices the cat who's in who's in Atlantis. I think Corey Burton, was he the same guy who does Lightyear? I don't know. Maybe. I don't but, know. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of like the chicken in Moana. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, just there yeah. for comedic effect. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's got funny. its moments, but it's just like you yeah. could easily cut this out, too. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, um, yeah, it's a good choice. I, like, I think Atlantis and Treasure Planet have these defenders that are a strong vocal minority for these films because i always hear like disney does consider revisiting those two and doing something with those characters so who knows down the road someone figures out a really fun atlantis the lost empire series or treasure planet series it could be a lot of fun as well yeah i mean yeah treasure planet was the other one but 2002 it ran into steep competition so oh yeah yeah um, yeah, I had AI because, I mean, it's Spielberg. And I really like the movie with Kubrick, Spielberg and Kubrick. I like the movie up until the Blue Angel. Up until that moment. If it ends with him underwater looking at the Blue Angel, it is an incredible movie. The fact that it goes forward with Ben Kingsley and showing up as that alien and the, and the voice of the alien, rather. Or is it Jeffrey Rush? One of those. Um, and all of that extra stuff, it really kind of kills the movie. But... Uh, I do like the movie up until we get to the blue alien right there or the blue angel rather right there underwater. So I kind of had to put it on my list because it really is good. Yeah. I, I just vaguely remember that scene. I know what you're talking about when he's underwater. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I remember him eating dinner, knowing that it's going to cause him to malfunction. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the Jude law gigolo character, but it's flashes. I don't, I couldn't even tell you how the movie ends. It's been <laughs> so, so long. It's way out there in the in the boonies how it ends. So yeah, um, but there we go. All right. So what's Which your one? nine? So that year AI was your ten? Yeah, AI was my ten. Yes. Look at that. Uh, my Three, nine. Two. Just go ahead and say the word punt. Okay. Um, punt. Which it's which is going to be nineteen ninety eight. Oh. I'm just going to say that. How dare you? How mm. yes, massive mm. punt for God's mm. sake. Uh, what's your eight? My eight might be another punt, a little, okay. little 1996 action. Oh, yes, uh, yeah, that's higher up the 1996 choice that I made. I'm assuming we have the same one there. There's oh, only oh. one other one potentially in contention for right, me, right? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing, 
you could flip flop those two too. If you want to tell me the ninety-eight is slightly, but that's fine. Yeah, that's you fine. Have a conversation about it. In me, yeah, between eight and nine, sure. <laughs> um. All right. So then, my number nine is from two thousand four. Um. So what do we do? Do we wait till we get to two thousand four on your list? Is that how we're doing this? Well, what what did you choose? I, a ghost in the shell to innocence. Okay. Yeah, because I have a different 2004. Okay, so if it's higher, that means mine gets knocked out, right? uh, Yeah, so we can go ahead and talk about it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I like this movie. It's an anime. It's the sequel to Ghost in the Shell, the first one. This is one of my favorites. It's a noir anime. It's really fucked up in what they explore here with these sex robots killing their um, people that are hired, that they hire to... uh, How can I say this? The sex robots kill the people who hire them to perform... The axe, we find out that the Yakuza is involved in some uh, horrible way that they've been stealing the souls of young girls and putting them into these sex robots and they're malfunctioning with their programming. And so it's all kinds of like convoluted stuff. People are hacking brains um, and hacking AI. The major shows back up. So from the first film. So there's a lot in here that I really like, but it follows Batu, who was the major's assistant in the or uh, co-lead in the first movie. And he becomes the focus of the movie. And I like the exploration here and the visuals and the score is just incredible. I've been desperate for a 4k of this uh, movie. Um, But the other ones are just more standard fare and less convoluted in terms of the plot, which Mm -hmm. is why it's number nine. But yeah, I really like it. So that's what I say. Yeah. The Yakuza stealing the souls of young girls to put them into sex robots because then those robots can be leading an uprising against their Johns. Convoluted. (laughs) What are you talking about, dude? That's that follows the hero's journey. (laughs) That is bread and butter right there. Yeah. It's it's it gets real like fucking in the weeds near the end. And you're just like, wait, who's on what side of what's happening? So yeah, but I still but I enjoy the visuals and the score and the uh, overall feeling of it being a noir, which is why I had it number nine. Uh, my number eight is from 2000. Well, what'd you go with? Frequency. That's my number seven. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's talk uh, about it. a quality movie. Yeah, 100 percent. A hundred percent quality. It is worth your time to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the sci-fi element is Jim Caviezel and uh, Dennis Quaid. It's right. a father, son. But Quaid died when Caviezel was a little kid. Yeah. And one day, it's like right around the time, the anniversary of when he died, Caviezel has this old radio. And because of who knows what kind of uh, interference and whatnot. He's able to speak into the past to his father and realizes slowly that's who it is. And they begin this connection and they're altering the past via this connection between the two of them. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I remember when it came out and I was like, ah, kind of indifferent. And then uh, it was out on DVD and I had enough people recommend it to me. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a, you know, give it a whirl. Yeah. And uh, ended up, thoroughly enjoying it so much so that i was like all right what else is caviezel you know gonna be in and then that was i want to say a year or two later he did passion of the christ right yeah yeah yeah. and a few other things but this was kind of his announcement to the average person if memory serves 
Yeah, I agree. It was really good. I was surprised at how much, like you, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I think Catherine Irby plays his wife, the detective from Law and Order Criminal Intent, mm. I think, in all of this. And and we find out, you know, that he's connecting to his, and it is, I mean, that conversation when they finally speak with each other, and then the couple of times they touch base with each other, Andre Brower's connection there being the the guy who used to work with his dad mm-hmm. and is still alive, and so he doesn't believe him and all of this stuff. And then you find out that it's it's about solving the crime of his father. I think his father's death is what they're solving, um, the murder. And uh, he goes on to kind of figure it out. It's but yeah, Caviezel's so good in this. Yeah, he's uh, his dad dies in a fire because he was a right. fireman. But then they go on to to solve another crime. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, it's a, a famous murder uh, in their area. I can't remember what it is. Isn't he getting close to finding this person? And this person, like, didn't this person kill his mom? I forget what this. The... Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, what the connection is. Yeah, because there's something bigger that is like a personal connection with them. Sounds like it's time for us to rewatch Frequency. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, you I got time off it. next week. You let's do a, yeah, right. a, a watch along of Frequency. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right, because it's a it's a person who is close to him. Right, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Frank and John are, Frank and John are each attacked by the 1969 and 99 versions, 1999 versions of the guy who they are tracking. So, yeah. Yeah, but wasn't uh, he like a famous, it was a famous murder. Right. That they were intertwined with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a famous and regular world not movie world right right um yeah elizabeth mitchell plays his mom okay right yeah yeah the blonde from uh the santa claus and the lost uh show but yeah so it's all connected but you're right yeah it's uh because he was a, he's a he's a i think he's a cop yeah he's it's, a cop and his dad's a fireman yeah but no i mean the guy that they're pursuing is a cop i think uh, okay yeah maybe no what do you think i don't know i don't remember Either way. I don't know. For some reason that Bruce Willis and Sarah Jessica Parker were set in Pittsburgh popped into my head. I know, <laughs> don't know why. Distance. Striking distance. I couldn't remember the name. Wolf. I like that movie. It's fucking terrible. I like that movie. <laughs> oh, that movie. <laughs> uh, it's not good. I can't recommend it, but I do enjoy it for some yeah, reason. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, no, I guess Catherine Irby is not his girlfriend in this. My bad. Michael Sarah is in this movie. What? Whoa, I didn't know that. Was he play like his? Because he's got his young best friend. So is it like his young best friend? Jim yes, Caviezel's? Noah Emmerich's son. Like I guess Noah Emmerich is his friend in the movie. And uh, oh, okay. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, but either way, the film is damn good because of the scenes. With uh, Gyllenhaal, I'm mean, sorry, Gyllenhaal, Jesus, with Caviezel talking to Dennis Quaid, the father-son aspect of it all is so good. And mm-hmm. I mean, this idea of like, can you talk to your dad in the past after your dad has passed on and your dad, like in the present of his time, communicating with the future version of his adult son, just, it's kind of mind blowing and it shouldn't work yet. It totally fucking works, man. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it's going to be manipulative. Right. Yet. You see it, and you're like, I'm fine with that. They did a good job, so I don't care. Take me down the road. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So long as you, uh, you know, uh, execute. Yeah. You stick the landing. I don't give a shit that I've seen this trick before. 
Yeah. Wow, he directed Primal Fear. The same guy. Mm. And Fallen. Remember that one with Denzel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Goodman. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good one, too. I, yeah. I like that movie. He didn't uh, do much else. What the, have... like, critic and fan rating on that one is, but I know I liked it. Oh, no, I liked uh, that film, too. Fallen, it was an intense film, for sure. Yeah, that spirit floating into and then turns people into killers and... That's Stupid contrivance of it sings the same song, but it's a great way to follow and understand. Isn't it time was on my side? Isn't it? Time? It's like he starts whistling and then we'll yeah. like kind of sing along. And then that's when, you know, Oh shit. Yeah. He's moved on. So I got to go out to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't do a great job of promoting frequency, but you guys should totally watch it. It's really you should. Fun. It's good. Yeah. Well, I don't you. I mean, in essence, that's the gist of it is they they've, bridge the gap of like 30 years his dad being deceased yeah um and it's just that mainly it's the connection between the two of them and then the events that transpire because of it but it's the seeing this this especially from caviezel's perspective because there's been this hole in his life yeah for all these years and now to be able to reconnect and say some things to him that you never got the opportunity to because he passed away when he was a little kid yeah 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 uh having that ability back yeah, uh, has you know resonance and impact. So here it is. It, John discovers that his present has been changed in unexpected ways. He and Frank have inadvertently, Frank being his dad, uh, prevented the death of the Nightingale, a serial killer who originally murdered three nurses in the 1960s and was never caught. He has now killed ten women, including John's own mother, Julia. So I was Julia. right. Yeah, to save her and the other future victims, John enlists Frank's help in stopping the Nightingale. Uh, before he can kill again so how oh, fascinating man shit maybe you might be right maybe i'll pop this on you know because it's been a while it's been a long it's, time it's probably a fast watch i, don't I really... was so glad it was on that uh i found it eventually because otherwise yeah. it's like i don't know maybe the cell maybe <laughs> maybe mission to mars <laughs> maybe the red planet yeah, exactly. Space Cow Space Cowboys probably would have been the choice. Oh, Cowboys was close. Space Cowboys was so close, man, because I do like that movie, but there's just a little more going on with frequency that I had to put that one above it. But yeah. Um, all right. So where are we at here? Uh that my was, eight, so you're seven, right? That was my seven. Oh, you're seven. That's right. What's your six? So my six now is the Animatrix. So is my six. Okay, cool. Okay. Um yeah, it's it's got a lot of it never had a, a box office, right? But it did release, and I don't even know if all the vignettes released at that uh, film festival. But some of them did for <laughs> you know at least, because otherwise, yeah. honestly, Come on, that year, terrible. yeah, that year is is not good. You got oh. Matrix Reloaded plus Revolutions, uh, Terminator Three, yeah, The Core, Oof. and. Technically, my backup if Animatrix was going to get shot down, Timeline. Oh, shit. I don't even know what Timeline is. What is Timeline? Um, it's an excellent Michael Crichton book. Oh. I will say that. Really? Oh, I haven't read that one. I, I, like I, I really enjoyed that one. Okay. Um, the movie, eh, it's all right. It's, okay. It's entertaining. It's not great or anything. Uh, you got Paul Walker, Gerard Butler. In essence, uh, in timeline we huh? figure out how to send 
ourselves back. Think of it like a digital fax or a time okay. traveling fax. We can break ourselves down into pieces and send back to a very specific moments in time. And oh, one of them happens to be this uh, medieval castle. Oh, shit. Yeah. I do remember that, Matt. Oh, God, I remember that trailer. Yeah, no, the movies, oh, wow. I was jacked for the movie because it was like, that book was really good. Yeah. And uh, the movie's movies all right. <laughs> you know, Richard Donner directed that movie. Did he really? I did not yes. know that. Yes. Wow, that's... Um, <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, that's, so that's how Slim Pickens, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write down Animatrix... Because it's better than all of those. It is. It is. It's, I wrote that animation because I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm putting this down. So I, I'm glad we are in agreement. Yes. Because um, the animation is basically it's like, how, how do we get to the point where the AI can take over? Right. And it's all these like, okay, well, first we like integrated robots into our day-to-day lives. And it's a small little chunk about how that is and then it's another small chunk and it's got just all these stories that yeah. give you a broader perspective of yeah. how we get to the first movie and it's really interesting to see the world building um in the wachowskis mm-hmm. basically handing over the idea to others and kind of letting them run uh freely with it and come yeah. in with different animation styles and ideas and I, I'm curious, I'd have to look it up, if they gave them outlines for this is what this one should be. Oh. This is what, I don't know. Okay. Or if they just came in each each creator and pitched. Yeah. yeah. What about this? What about this? Uh, but then I would imagine you'd have people doubling and tripling up on ideas. Yeah, you want to kind of separate it out. Yeah, so you would think that they would come down with like, here's the overall structure of what we need to get accomplished. Yeah let's divvy this up into parts and hand it off. Wow. So this all came about because they were promoting the matrix in Japan and they met with some of these anime directors that influenced the look of the matrix. And that's where this idea of collaborating with them to create an, an anthology of matrix films or matrix shorts in animated form came about. So there's nine of them. Um, and they only wrote four of the segments and the rest were other people's points of views. It kind of, it's kind of interesting because like you see that with visions, the star Wars one that came out again about a year ago, the anime kind of one, it, they all, they kind of, as long as you adhere to the mythology, the basic tenets of the mythology, you can take it in so many different directions. So knock yourself out. Um, and so it almost seems like a bit of a precursor to that in a way, almost even a precursor to clone wars because as you said, Animatrix fleshes out the Matrix a bit more. And certainly at the time when Reloaded and Revolutions are coming out and it's convoluted and ridiculous, the Animatrix is much more interesting. Uh, and so with Clone Wars kind of filling in holes that were not so well constructed uh, from the storylines in uh, in um, the prequel trilogy, it makes sense the Animatrix kind of doing the same thing here um, in their version. So, yeah. Yeah, it it just gives you a fuller perspective of how you know the world that they're creating. Yeah, I don't um, even own that. Is that? A, I don't even own that. So yeah, that's one I need to purchase for God's sakes. I yeah, I watched a, a 
fucking burnt copy. Somebody had it years and years, like 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And I watched it and it was just written on it in black Sharpie, the animatrix. And I watched it. It was, well, it's not, we're not quite at 20 years, but yeah. You know, 18 years ago or something. Oof. Um, okay. Well, uh, that's our sixes. Should we uh, take a break? Uh, did we do your seven? Uh, no, we didn't. Sorry about that. Uh, my seven is from 1997. So is that a punt? Uh, probably not, uh, depending oh. on what you picked. I picked Men in Black. From uh, I did not pick Men in Black. So okay. All right. go ahead and give us a little Men in Black. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Barry Sonnefeld. I really like this movie. I actually watched a few scenes off of uh, YouTube as I was compiling the list to kind of remind me of uh, the film because obviously two, three, two was a little bit, I didn't like it. Three had a little bit better. Um, and the most recent one, the less said about it, the better, the yeah, most. International. The yeah, International. That was so terrible. So going back and rewatching this one, or right, watching some scenes from this one, there's a magic here, you know, and all the stuff going on with Will now, but it's great to like see that young Will who is still like hungry and wanting to prove himself and, you know, rely, that confidence that Eddie had, Will had going into some of these movies and becoming that big superstar. You know, you're seeing it there. And Tommy Lee Jones at the time, you know, a person in demand uh, in a lot of these movies. Their chemistry works so well. Rick Torn is funny in the whole thing. D'Onofrio's a good villain um, at Shaloub's character and stuff. So there's an inventiveness here that um, I think was missing from the other ones overall. So it was nice to revisit this one. And I like this one uh, for sure. So there you go. Yeah. Men in black is fun. It was kind of neck and neck with, I think there were three from that year that I liked a lot. Um, yeah. And I elected to go with one that we don't talk about as much. Oh, okay. Um, instead of men in black. And it's also one I, I think I do have more of a soft spot in my heart for, but men in black, I mean, I've enjoyed all three of those films. Mm, really? Okay. I like two, and yeah. I like three. International um, is actually impressive to me because the two of them have such good chemistry together, and that does yeah. not come across on screen at all. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. We've we've seen them more than once on screen together. Yeah. They're really fun. They play off each other very well. Yeah. And you captured none of that. <laughs> that That's amazing. That yeah. Yeah. Um, so because the, the previous iterations have been so good, I am more than willing to see another one. If they're yeah. like, Hey, we made another, we, you know, we write the ship like, all right, you know, I, I am intrigued. Um, but yeah, that first one create an entirely new cinematic world. I mean, it's based on a comic book, right? right. Uh, but still to translate that, it's an abstract idea and, I, how many how many conspiracy theorists think that shit is real? You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. some version of that. Oh, please. Yes, of course. That aliens live among us. Our government knows. And we have like an Ellis Island for aliens that they have to be processed through. Need I bring up that girl I dated along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just something along like this scale. There's technology that they're keeping from us. And meanwhile, you know, the, the I, I don't trust the government to do anything in my life. <laughs> yeah exactly you know what i mean exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. fix a fucking road get a package there on time like it, it nothing doesn't matter what it is and i'm not faulting the individuals that do the job sure, the system sure. is inherently flawed and just to say like the that's what i love any big government conspiracy and be like i don't 
Like we, we never landed on the moon. So you're telling me literally hundreds of thousands of people have to keep the same secret. Okay. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, it's just I don't never care how many websites you create. It's yeah. utterly ridiculous. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Seinfeld made an excellent opening movie, so much so that we were more than happy to go back and see uh, two and three and yeah. four, and still to this day would see a five and potentially a six, depending. Just don't want it to get it down into you know, various other franchises where it's just like, God, you guys are fucking spinning your wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Like Terminator. Yeah. Terminator or alien or aliens yeah, or predator. Yeah. Well, well, prey was good though. Although prey was good. But... Yeah. Prey was good. Yeah. And I like predators. Right. Yeah. yeah, That's right. Yeah. Although I recast the Adrian Brody, which I've said before, but <laughs> besides that, I just don't buy him in that. Yeah. Role. I'm not saying he's not a good actor. Sounds like I just, you're saying that. I, I just don't buy him as a mercenary. Do you? Yeah. Adrian Brody? No, of course not. No, of course not. No, I I don't even buy him as a villain in Grand Budapest, but I because he's comical as a villain, it works. But I would never actually believe him as a villain in anything. There's what was the he was just yeah he was in Peaky Blinders and they had to oh it's the worst accent you've ever heard I know and I'm just like this guy doesn't scare me at all am no. I supposed to be afraid of this dude it's like yeah oh uh, yeah his. His Italian is, you know, Mamma Mia, that's a spicy bullet. And you're like, I, this is fucking bad. People are breaking Chris Pratt's balls. <laughs> I think Brody's actually Italian, so he kind of gets away with it. But yeah, oh, but I don't know if he is or not. I don't want to say he is or he isn't. I think he is. Yeah, I don't have the slightest clue. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to look that up so I don't get in trouble. But yeah. Yeah, that accent was all oh, that was all over the place, man. So terrible about that. Yeah. So. All right. Anyway, uh, no, he's of Pol- his father's of Polish Jewish descent, and his his mother is Catholic from Hungary. So that makes it even kind of a, a little more offensive, I would imagine. So, Oof. all right, let's leave it alone. Um, all right, should we take our break now? Yeah, we'll take our break now. Hear this word from our sponsors, and be right back after this. There we are, and jumping back in. So at five, yeah, I have 1995. Ooh, okay. And I don't have the movie you chose from 1995. You probably don't. I chose Stargate. You do? Oh, God. Okay, knock yourself out. A lot of fun, Stargate. Tremendous amount of fun. Not going to deny, it's a fun movie. Does it all work? No, but it's a fun movie. What part falls apart for you? Oh, are you kidding me right now? I'm just saying, if you buy into the premise and you suspended disbelief that this could, uh, then it all makes sense because it's still operating within the world that they've created. Yeah. So where are you saying it falls apart? Um, I think for the first five minutes on, <laughs> it kind of becomes ridiculous because I don't buy the premise. That's why I don't buy the premise. That they could create a portal here that could go back in time and whatever and do the things. It's not. They, it is a Stargate. It's to go no, to sorry, another Stargate. star. Sorry, 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 Stargate. So it's an alien civilization. It's it's feeding into the conspiratorial belief that aliens helped build the pyramids. Right. But left behind this Stargate. So so he could transport slaves from Egypt to his new planet because right. That planet had a rich resource that helps keep him 
young, whatever that yeah. resource was, but they mined it there. And then he has to like sit in the, the chamber to revitalize his body because he's taken over the alien spirit has taken over the body of a human and now is attempting to revitalize that spirit and body. So he stays immortal. But I'm just saying, if you buy into the alien, whatever else, then it's, it it adheres to the world that sets up the rules that it creates. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Uh, yes. James Spader, Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just always baffled there aren't more movies about Egypt and Rome and ancient Greece. Mm. Just, you know, Babylonians, fucking Macedonians, <laughs> any of it. We don't have much. And what we do have is is pretty slim pickings. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so I was jazzed when Stargate was coming out. I enjoyed it in the theater. I have watched mm. it a few times since, once during the pandemic, but that's also in the past two years. But I did watch yeah. it in the past two years. Uh, and I would happily watch it again. I think it's. Yeah, I, I said it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Just this idea of the stereotypes, you science guy, military guy, you know, just kind of there's. I don't. Yeah, know. but like, I, I you know, but that's a '90s thing, isn't it? We weren't looking for too much complexity in films like this in the '90s, so I don't want to bash it. But I, the thing is, I don't think of them as caricatures. Like military guy, so he's motivated that he had the death of his son. Right, right. So he's on the edge because any parent that loses a child, it's uh, a void by all accounts, a void that's impossible to fill. So being that despondent and detached from from the world around you seems a reasonable reaction. I also think that we, we kind of, like, we saw the limits of Jay Davidson as an actor. So... Um, okay, which one's Jay Davidson? I'd have to look him up. <laughs> the uh, the actor from uh, from uh, Crying Game who plays the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they also didn't ask him to do all that much. He it's not like he had to carry scenes or anything. No, well, no, but a nice pull on Jay Davidson, by the way. Thank you. It's it's always stayed in my mind for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I never in a million years. I did like that. I assume that's who you meant because, mm. uh, but that being said, I couldn't have told you that dude's name if my life depended on it. <laughs> couldn't have. have. Have you ever seen the series? Star, no, I've never watched a second of it. Okay. All right. Um, a lot of people like that. I mean, that series went on for a long time. Yeah, they had more than but, one version, too, I believe. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. A few months ago, I, I was asked to host a a show with one of the actors from the series uh, for some people who had paid money to be a, to like sit down with him for an hour. So it was a real like um, indoctrination into how big the fandom is for that series, like across the globe. And so um, I was really impressed by that. You know, I'd, I'd watch a few episodes, just kind of get me into the rhythm of that. It is a show and it's very much a show, you know, of its time in the way it's constructed and built. But I can understand why people love it. I mean, I watch old next generation and I'm like, this shit feels dated, you know, but mm. you understand w- uh, the nostalgia of it, of its time of when yeah. you're getting around. Yeah. I assumed it's somewhat a procedural. Yes. And like people come back and time, people come back and forth and stay on for multiple seasons, then disappear for a couple of seasons, then come back. 
Um, you've had the same actors play different characters. It's it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And it ran for 14 years, dude. 14 years, which is crazy. So yeah, I've never seen a second of it. So <laughs> but if it ran for 14 years, I mean it's got a fan base. It does, a strong fan base. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Stargate Origins, Stargate Infinity, Stargate Children of the Gods, Stargate the Ark of Truth, Stargate Continuum. Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> it's insane, dude. So anyway. Yeah. And I'm sure they're going to kick around the possibility of redoing Stargate. Um, I have to. It, it's what? already proven to be a winning property. So yeah. Yeah, 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 it only makes sense that eventually in a town that has no original ideas is going to circle back to, you know, what we haven't done in a while. What's that? Oh, I'm saying oh, that's Stargate. what they're saying is they <laughs> go into the okay. Stargate. Yeah, let's oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, Stargate. Oh, wow, German Hansu is in this movie. What? French Stewart. Oh, right, I remember yeah. French Stewart. That's right. Uh, the French Stewart is one of the troops. Hansu is one of the uh, guards that mm-hmm. wears the elaborate headpieces that can morph and pull off if memory serves. Yeah. yeah. I want to make it clear. I am not bashing the movie. Oh, you just I, said you hated it. I did. I did not. I said you it did. was a fun movie that just eh, just some of the plot just doesn't a hundred percent work all the time. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Wow. I mean, it's, it's like if you're gonna buy into the premise of there's a Stargate. Yeah. I think the rest of it f- falls in line with what Fair they're setting up. Fair so. Enough. Okay, so that was your, what, five? That was my five. All right, so then my five is from 1996. Uh, oh, okay. Punt from earlier, Independence Day. That is correct. Yes. Do you have that on your list? That was my, might as well just go ahead and say the words punt. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've talked about the film a hundred times. So, uh, you know, I know it's not one of your favorites, uh, or his speech is not one of your favorites, I guess. No, his speech is boring as shit. <laughs> the idea that people are like, so motivating i i honestly if that's the speech he gave at whatever national conference when right. he got it i would have stayed at home and not voted that's wow. that dude i mean today is the day of our independence day's day you will fight those people because today is the day like all right dude this is you're saying if Zelensky had delivered a speech like this last night, you'd have been like, oh, they're going to lose the war. I, I, I would have bobbered at it and just been on my phone. It's been like, man, what's he saying? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm I didn't watch the speech. Was it good? Yeah, it was a really good speech. I mean, I, yeah, obviously we don't want to get too political, but yeah, I thought it was really powerful. I mean, yeah. it, for, you know, there are people going to choose it and pick it apart politically, but and I see them. Yeah, people. It's a political that's, speech. That's, that's self-serving stuff. But the speech itself, I thought, for a guy who's embattled, a guy who's in uh, the situation that he's in uh, with Russia, I think he delivered one one hell of a speech, man. And I saw some, even some like progressive pundits going after him for what he was wearing. Like Katie Turr at MSNBC or MSC News kind of went after him because he was like, she didn't. He she said he didn't. He didn't dress up or he didn't wear like a. That's like he's wearing his fatigues there. As yeah. a, as a show of solidarity with the soldiers who are out there fighting, because he doesn't want to wear anything nice 
until <laughs> the war's over. It's part I, of the political theater. Exactly. And so to me, I'm like, how can you miss that? It, it yeah. just makes He's been wearing it the whole time. Sense. He has yeah. not deviated from this yeah. since it all started. Yeah. Uh, so. But yeah, I didn't see the speech. And I, even if you don't agree, you can still sometimes go, that was still a good speech. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like in uh, King's speech um, when Colin Firth is watching the reel of Hitler. Yeah. And his daughter's turned to him. He's like, what is he saying? He's like, I don't know, but he's saying it very well. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you can still respect the, 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 the way in which someone delivers or whatever else, the reaction it potentially get. You don't have to agree with right. it. Analytically, right? Obviously, you don't yeah content, but analytically, yeah. content or the passion yeah. or anything, but you can objectively say, "This is good. This is bad." Right? Yeah, there are comedians that I don't like as people, but it's impossible for me to say, "Well, I mean, he writes a good joke or she writes a good joke." Yeah, yeah, yeah. it may not like you as a person, but it's impossible for me to sit here and legitimately say that's not a good, well-written joke. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, all right, so that was your. That was my five. So what's your four? Uh, my four is the 97 choice for me. Oh, okay. Which, uh, is? which is the fifth element. Oh, nice choice, man. Um, I got a soft spot in my heart for this movie. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I know. I, I, to say I hated it the first time I saw it would be an understatement. Wow. Hey, I mean, I thought Chris Tucker was wildly annoying. <laughs> I didn't which, like. Which is his shtick, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, um, so it was on repeat on a pay channel for on stars, yeah, for two years when I was in college. Wow, with it was the only pay channel we had because we had one of the uh, legal stars filters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it was legitimately on for two years. Wow, so I saw it a lot of times, yeah, and eventually I just kind of fell in love with the world. It's, uh, it's the only time I can think of when Bassan, when he goes to his full Bassanness, and I enjoy it. Because <laughs> every other movie like that, I'm yeah. willing to give it a shot, and I don't care for in the slightest. Wow. Okay. Well, like that one they put out, to, was it like two years ago, three years ago, with uh, um, Delavine and what's his name? Oh, yeah. Um uh, a thousand Valerian city of Valerian and a thousand planets or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 I tried. I really tried. I think I made it 45 to an hour in and I was like, I'm turning this off. Yeah. Well, Delavine's not a good actress. So it's no. tough to, yeah. Um, she almost killed the second season of only murders in the building for me. Oh my God. She almost killed the whole season. For her me. part was so small though. That's it. But every time she came on screen, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is, why is she in this? You, there are better actresses you can put in this part that I think would have been really interesting for Selena, but that's me. Yeah, but I don't think Selena's good on that show. Really? What? You don't no. think she's good on the show? No. Wow. wow. I think I, she's I just so written. flat. Mm. Well, you have to be, though, because you've got two outlandish dudes in Martin and... Uh, True. Sure, you've got to sure, yeah. it a little bit, yeah. But everybody else in that world is so vibrant. Mm. All the other, you know, uh, um, people the in the tenants. building. Yeah, 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 the tenants. Thank you. Um, and the yeah, characters the they run into. Mm. Um, I thought his daughter was great, though. She Martin's was. She daughter, was awesome. She was damn good in that show. Yeah, she was awesome. Yeah. Um, and it's not as though it's like some 
confirmation bias for me. But like, I always didn't like her. <laughs> so I this is just, I yeah, exactly. This is just more proof. I've never, she's <laughs> always seemed genuinely nice, which is amazing for a child star. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. Uh, just cause it's very easy to fall into the, I've been famous since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, type of, or you just fall backwards into the lunacy of that entire situation, which she seems well adjusted for yeah. having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because you could look at the other examples of the people that came out, like uh, Demi Lovato. I, right. Yeah, the stuff that she's gone through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's had a tumultuous past, like, five, six years, and I don't yeah. even follow that woman, <laughs> and yet it still pops up on my radar. Yeah. It's just because I... You know, part of me thinks because it pops up on my radar because she's doing outlandish things to catch the attention of the general public. Mm. But at the same time, I don't then venture in to see what's going on. It's just like, oh, weird, another weird story from from her world. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I'm hoping season three. It's like she, she gets her time to shine or something. But <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, we shall, man. Um. Okay. Where are we but at? Fifth I, element. Fifth, fifth element. element. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah is bananas in all the best ways mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um there's very little that i would change about it right and that's kind of saying something given how outlandish it is yeah how vibrant a world he has created yeah uh and you could also say cartoonish <laughs> That would be the slander. Vibrant is what I'm going to. The vibrant to go is with. what you're going to go with on this whole yeah. situation. Yeah. Vibrant is what you feel when you're looking at. It. Okay. But when, uh, yeah, but if somebody's going to a lob uh, an, a complaint or insult towards it, cartoonish yeah. would probably be my first guess because <laughs> there is a lot of over the top. But I think the over the top, given that it's this weird intergalactic being and whatnot, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what they're dealing with at the over topness of someone like Gary Oldman. Uh, I think plays really well with that. And then Chris Tucker's character and yeah. Uh, yeah. Bruce Willis and could be my favorite Mila Jovovich. Oh yeah. I would say so. Uh, this maybe Joan of Arc. Oh yeah. I guess she was good in the messenger. Yeah. The messenger. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. And I haven't seen resident evil in a long time to even, I think you can, (laughs) I think you could save yourself the time. You're already an Underworld fan. You know what I mean? You don't have to create I a love reputation underworld, here. And you're absolutely right. I love Underworld. Yeah, underworld. you don't need to create a reputation yeah, that's a fair point. as the guy that likes the schlocky, anything schlocky like that. Resident Evil's not good. Yeah, I don't, but I don't know who goes to these, Matt, because like, you know, people, uh, there's multiple installments. And you imagine if there are multiple installments, it's because there's enough of an audience to keep coming back for this thing. I think, I think in, in resident evil's case, her salary is the only budget concern. So they're so cheap Maybe. that they don't need many eyeballs to turn a profit. And her that's husband directs guess. them. Exactly. So that's even more like, do you think there is a salary for her? I don't know. Like, does he get like, honey, will you do these for me? I don't know. We'll see. Or is it, yeah. Is it all points based? Yeah. It could be right. But even that seems, yeah, I think they should get their money up front. That Did you hear about the Damon wild. thing? Did you see that story this week? That came yeah, out? about Avatar? Dude. dude. 10%? 10%. 10%. Oh, my God. Matt, 
10% of Avatar, you and your family and their generations, like multiple generations in your family would not need to work again if you would lock that down. Yeah, he had to go shoot another born. He already had a commitment because <laughs> Jim Cameron called him up and apparently Jim Cameron told him, I was like, listen, this movie doesn't need a star. Yeah, yeah. So if you say no, I don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking lobby you for it. 10% though. Oof. Yeah. yeah well, it's like uh, uh, Russell Crowe with Lord of the Rings. He was offered oh, yeah. a percentage to play Gandalf. That's I right. think it was Gandalf. It was either Gandalf or Aragorn. Gorn. Yeah. But a sizable percentage. And then by the time all three of those movies came out, it's like he would have made just that that kind of $250, $300 million yeah. type thing. And he turned him down. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's got to hurt. Good money in that shit. <laughs> but if you can get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so where are we at? That was your number four? Uh, that was my four. Okay, so my four is from 2002. Um, where's that one on your list, 2002? Did you already do yours? We have not. Uh, I have a 2002 at number two. Okay, all right. So then I've... mine is Minority Report at number four. It's called a punt. Okay, all right, fair enough. What's your three? My three is the 2004 that I thought you would have. Oh, what is your 2004? And I was shocked you didn't put this on. Shocked. Okay. You didn't. Do you want to go look at 2004s real quick? <laughs> no, please. Please uh, educate me on your 2004. Well, what did you uh, choose? Oh, um, sorry, Ghost in the Shell 2. Was that what it was? Yes, Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, for number three, 2004... I have Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yeah, Mind. I don't consider that a sci-fi film. Like, I don't. So, I think that's... They're my... using technology that does not exist... Yeah. ...to erase the memories of... So, if you have some traumatic experience, they can go in and take those memories out. It's basically I, like it's, the same I know, thing I hear as... what you're saying. I just see it as a rom-com... Uh, like, not a rom-com, but a romantic movie, like a... Um, what do you call it? Like an up, uh, futuristic, uh, oh, fuck. All right. Present day. Fuck me. I mean, I know what you mean. I think it's a yeah. drama first. Yeah, it's a drama first. Like, it's a romantic drama first in my mind. So, yeah, but the underpinning, the only reason this drama even remotely works is because of the science fiction element. Of right, it. right. If you okay. took that out, then this movie but doesn't is exist. Is it science fiction to be able to remove memories? I feel yes. like people can do that now by just tapping in the centers of the brain. So does that mean what they're doing is sci-fi? I don't know. I guess that's they're, where I was getting caught up in in my mind. I mean, if the movie is to believe, they're going in and like pinpoint accuracy, pulling out anything to do. Yeah, with they're that using the equipment. individual. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The helmets. All yeah. right, fine, fine. I All mean, right. it's like Total Recall where you're putting the memory in. Okay. It's like, what do you want to be? You want to be a spy? Yeah, it'll feel like the realest thing ever. And to watch him oh, go through. Geez. All right, fine. Yeah. I'll change my mind then. I I will put it at number two. That's it's my number two. Like to be honest with you, so yeah. But go ahead. I know you, you talked about it. Well, it's, it's now your number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not my number two. It's my number three. Yeah, yeah. But you so, brought it up, so we might as well talk about it. So go ahead. Um, since you brought it up first, rather, right? Yeah, it's stuff like this where you see, you know, Kate Winslet is amazing once again. Oh, dude. Yeah. There's hardly a time. You know, she's kind of taking the Meryl Streep mantle. Yeah, not to say that Meryl's doesn't put out, but it's it's so rare 
when Kate does something that's like, wow, she, I mean, even if the product was just okay, she was awesome in it. Yeah. 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 And yeah, like, what was that terrible one with Josh Brolin Labor Day or whatever? Oof. I didn't see that one. Oh, I mean, she's, she's good in it, but the film itself is horrific. She's, I don't think she's ever delivered a bad performance. It would be tough to find. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause she also does different genres. Mm-hmm. She experiments uh, for sure. Yeah. And she takes risks and picks characters that sometimes likable, sometimes completely unlikable. So yeah. you're on the fence about, you don't really know. Yeah. And, and Carrie, this is, Hey, you are an Oscar caliber actor. Mm. Um, Off of your performance here. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Something, you know, like this, a lot of people are going to, uh, laud you for Truman Show. Yes. Which I'm not a fan of that movie, but I'm not against if people really have connection to it. And love I don't it. think it's that strong of a movie as people claim it to be. I, I, I think Eternal Sunshine is his calling card as an actor. Kind of like with uh, Sandler. You may like Rain Over Me, but Punch Drunk Love was the one that really kind of let you know what the fuck you could bring. And then Uncut Gems. I would, I would, To me, that's the connective line. The punch drug to uncut. The, these are next level performances from a guy you don't anticipate that from. You know. Um. Yeah, I agree. And Carrie was making a push there for a while, where it seemed like he was just yeah. taking projects that were Oscar caliber. Yeah, he was trying to break out. Yeah, that. Yeah, he was trying to do stuff, but then eventually, it's so weird because yeah, he was on that run. Then he wanted to kind of explore more serious stuff, but then after Eternal Sunshine. You know, in Truman Show, there wasn't much that kind of popped up that was equal to what he was trying to do. And then by the time he swung back to comedy, it was like fun with Dick and Jane, which is okay, or Mr. Popper's Penguins. It just wasn't yeah. anywhere near where I love where you, it man, should've... which is good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah but I, it, with any big comedic star like that, eventually we kind of, we go, yeah, we've seen the trick. Yeah, right. Yeah, good point. It, what else have you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, We've seen it 10 times. We've loved it seven times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But eventually it's like, you know, Will Ferrell's not long for this comedic world. Oh, no, it's so true, dude. Yeah, and that's why I like that he's veered into the a little more of the dramatic stuff or stuff with a little more underpinnings of drama within the characters that he's playing. Because I think he's really good at drama, uh, Will is. Yeah, he pulls it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Robin did the same thing and eventually yeah. just kind of veered into more dramatic roles and more dramatic roles. Right. Uh, I think it happens to almost all comedic actors yeah. of that, of that stature where, yeah, we, you know, eventually Farrell's the best example. Cause for a while there, it's like, okay, well, what wig is he wearing in his next movie? Yeah. Man, I think, um, yeah, I might get in trouble for this, but whatever. I, I think if, uh, Louis hadn't pulled the bullshit that he pulled, there were Oscar possibilities for him as an actor. Maybe. Just the look, the physical look of his of his um, overall body, the uh, the dramatic moments that he had in the Louis series that I thought were really believable, and just the general pathos that he conveys in his standup. Mm-hmm. There is a, there could have been a role out there for, and there might still be down the road. You know, Hollywood can be a forgiving place. There might still be a role down the road for him where people are going to have to really come to terms with their issues with what he did, which was legitimately terrible. Um, uh, but if Gibson can fucking come back and get nominated 
you know, or Polanski win a fucking best director Oscar yeah. for the pianist, then anything is possible in that town. I mean, if people were clowning me the other day because I'd said Weinstein, if he, there, you know, if there may be a company that, you know, after a few years of him being in prison, that may go knocking hey. on that door for him to be an advisor. He just got know. new. Yeah. He just got new time added to his yeah, I know. overall sense. He's, he's not like getting, Lecter. he's going to die in prison. He's totally going to die in prison. At but this like, point. Yeah. He'd be like Lecter. Will people have secret meetings with him to try to figure out how to produce this film? Like I would not put it past. Something like that. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Especially that's if right. you could somehow anonymously do it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's possible. You know? Yeah. By a, like shameless a phone in call. that fucking town, dude. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. The comedic stuff. I mean, we've seen Silverman try to do some of that as well, um, which I think uh, to mixed results, but there have been some good stuff with her. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but she's never gotten the push like no. all these individuals have. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, even rarer for a woman. Like Melissa McCarthy would be the better yeah, example. True. But she was uh, never a stand-up, was she? I always kind of default. Not that I know of. I think she was just comedic actor. Yeah. Um. But like Farrell was never a stand-up. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. I guess. I mean, I love what Hater is doing. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, he he could, dude, elevate himself up into those types of discussions. I don't know. I think that I think that's absolutely coming. Um. Yeah, and I don't think we're done with Sandler. I think there's a real possibility down the well, road. Well, he's doing another with the Safties. See, and I think people were pissed that he wasn't nominated or it didn't win for Uncut Gems. A lot of people wanted him to win that. Yeah, but now the problem is people are going to come in with the expectation of we want to get you kind of elevated good to point. that level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie needs to be that good. And if it doesn't hit those expectations. Yeah. Uh, That's actually an excellent point, Matt. It's different when you're cheering as an underdog for somebody and when you expect. Like, hey, yeah. you did it. So, why, yeah, last it, time you got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> so long as this time it's pretty good. Yeah. Then you're in. And now yeah. you're, you know, you have the more weighted expectations of, well, fuck, this needs to be good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different approach for sure. Yeah. All right. Where the fuck were we? <laughs> and, and given given the Safty's choice yeah. of projects, who knows what the fuck you're going to get? That's true. That's very true. Very true. All right. Where uh, were we? That was. Three, you're two. So what's your three? Nah, 1995. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, 12 Monkeys. Go That's for it. 1995. Yeah, I mean, come on. I love this movie. This is damn good. Bruce Willis, Brad Pitt, Terry Gilliam. Um, Madeline Stowe. Put, huh? What's that? Madeline Stowe. Yeah, Madeline Stowe, who I love and always had a crush on since the 80s. Um, you know, I put Terry Gilliam and Guillermo del Toro in the same basket in that they're both geniuses when it comes to being directors but the end result doesn't always match up in the way that you want it to you know and so i think 12 monkeys i laud it because i think this is the one that gilliam really got right from beginning to end in my opinion and i like it i like the story i like the acting here i like the twists and turns I like the way that he lets the film breathe without showing off because he has a tendency at times to show off in the films that he has. 
and um, unnecessarily. It's not that he doesn't have the ability to like wow us. Of course he does. But I found I find sometimes in some of his movies, he has the tendency to show off and try to show. And this is like, okay, why are we doing this? So, um, yeah. So uh, in this film, I really enjoyed the journey that we go on with Willis. Because, again, just like Terry Gimm a little bit, Willis can default to his tricks. Having Willis really focus on this movie and deliver a great performance, I thought it was great to see. And Pitt, of course, he's doing his thing. But um, at the end there, when he goes... When you find out what's going on with him and his real connection to the whole story, you're just like, holy shit. And David Morse, of course, who's fantastic mm. in the film as well. So, yeah. So that's why it's my 95. Oh, my, my number three. I got nothing. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I think Pitt's the best part in it. To yeah. Be. yeah. Yeah. But his part also gets to be the biggest and flashiest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I wish. Mm. Seems like it should check check all the boxes. Terry's, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, it's not your jam. It's not your jam. Okay. Yeah. Um, we do we skip my number four or do we punt on the number four? Well, uh, we punted on the four because it's coming up right now as my two. Oh, nice. Okay, go uh, ahead. Which is two thousand two's Minority Report. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That was my number five. So we skipped my number four. Oh, we skipped your number four, which was ninety eight. My nineteen ninety eight, the one you. Oh yes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do your real quick then. Armageddon. That's all you need to know. We've talked about it a million times on the show. I love that movie. It's never going to end. So there you go. So go ahead, man. I mean, would you have accepted Enemy of the State? I don't think it's. I don't think it's sci-fi fictiony enough. I don't think it's sci-fi. To be, yeah, I don't. Right. So much technology all... that whether or not it existed when that movie came out, it's questionable. But yeah. now it's like, yeah, that's that's entirely plausible. So the, where's the science fiction? Trust me, I, I tried to. Yeah. Because Armageddon, it's good and it drives me nuts. <laughs> it's fucking, it's got some flaws. It's got some real flaws. Uh-huh. So wait a minute. So you can accept the premise of Stargate, but you cannot accept the premise of Armageddon. I'm very confused. Because what? Well, what accept the premise of Armageddon, which is a bunch of rock drillers getting on the moon, uh, dropping a bomb on, oh, not the moon, uh, an asteroid, dropping a bomb on the asteroid. It fits all the way through to the end. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you think it would be easier to teach mm-hmm. a roughnecker Somebody that works on an oil rig, how to be an astronaut in two weeks? Or do you think it'd be easier to teach an astronaut how to drill a fucking hole in two weeks? I think both are equally demanding in different ways. Now, yeah, nice political answer. You didn't answer the fucking question. <laughs> in your heart of hearts, would it be easier to teach somebody you already know has advanced PhD degrees? has been through the physical rigors of mm-hmm. you have to go through a ton mm-hmm. of different tests to qualify, just to qualify to right. be considered to be an astronaut. Right. You got to jump through hoops to go, Hey, we got to teach you how to dig a hole as opposed to guys who are really good at digging a hole. Yeah. Now we got to teach you how to do all these other crazy things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's issue one. <sighs> I, I don't, but I don't, I don't agree with your premise. Of course you don't. No, because, because you I don't mean, have an actual response for me. Your foundational, so you uh, your the foundation of your premise is that uh, roughneckers are stupid. I am I not saying that. Go along with that. I'm saying 
the degree of difficulty in two weeks of learning one job versus the other is seismically different to me. But science is involved in both. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. I mean, drilling and yeah. the different surfaces, all that kind of stuff. It, it is just yes. the movie gives it short shrift. It does not mean there isn't a complex no, 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 no. science involved. Go, yeah, go watch Deep Water Horizon. Those guys know their job. Yes. But and, at the same time, yes. how many of those guys would you legitimately hand over a billion-dollar plane and go fly to space? Um, Mr. Jimmy is the only Wal one. I Kurt Russell's character. He's yeah. the only one. I think Wahlberg. I think Maybe I'm Wahlberg. Yeah. Everybody else on that thing, I'd be like, I'm sorry, you don't qualify. Thank you for coming out. Right. We appreciate it. We got snacks over there. If you want to grab something on the way, we'll validate your parking. You guys were amazing. It was a pleasure to meet you. Have a safe trip. But remember, Rockhound is a MIT genius. That's Buscemi. I think Owen is appropriately scared. So he's not, they don't present him as some kind of intelligent guy. He follows orders. Bear follows orders. The idiot who doesn't follow orders is the one who gets jettisoned off the planet, Mr. Bearclaw. Um, and I would say AJ's a, a pretty intelligent guy. I mean, I get your point. I just, I don't know yeah, if I have I'm not saying really. they're dumb. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're just saying they're not as intelligent as the. No, I'm just saying to learn one job in two weeks versus learning the other job in two weeks. Yeah, but the other, they, I mean, the other job requires an incredible amount of science and they'd have no knowledge of it. Zero, these astronauts. I can't believe we're having this really extended discussion. About, but yeah, but the astronauts would have zero knowledge of how to drill, what drill bits to use, the frequency, the length. I, of I would time. imagine we one of those one of those scientists would be a geologist, one of the astronauts. Why would you assume that? that then that wins your argument if you're starting well, to add stuff. That like you, would a, uh, you would have well in in a job like this. Mm -hmm. You're going to have scientists of all different stripes. You mean astronauts is what? Yeah, saying. sorry, yeah. astronauts. Yeah, just like in The Martian, uh, uh, Matt Damon's character is a botanist, right? Because right. they're checking, a, but he is one of numerous scientists up there that have a specialty. Yeah, I would imagine we have an astronaut who is a geologist, because you oh, would you mean need geologists. Mission, they yeah, would find the geologist astronaut and put him on the mission and oh, be like, okay. all right. You're in charge of the drilling and whatnot, and you can direct the others. Yeah. But there's gonna they're gonna have a geologist astronaut just because we intend on exploring different worlds. So yeah. we would need to know the composition and the makeup of those planetary objects. Yeah. So well, I mean, I I I get your elitist point. You know, okay, I'm that's fine. I'm sitting in my ivory tower looking down. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just saying, look, I'm more of a blue a, collar guy. So I'm not saying I could sit here like any asshole could do their job. I couldn't do their job. All right. I couldn't their do job their is, job. Yeah. Their job is wildly go watch Deepwater Horizon and tell me you want to do that job. No. That's a lot and of moving my, pieces. Man. So much respect to those individuals, plus having to be away from, from friends and family yeah. for that amount of duration. That's why I never understood people joining the Navy. I've got yeah, yeah, yeah. two cousins in the Navy and just like, man, being gone for that long would drive me nuts. Yeah. My, uh, my friends, uh, my uh, girlfriend's sister's uh, boyfriend, her his firstborn son is in the navy now, and All just, right. how, what? How many connections deep are we going on this story? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying. <laughs> <laughs>
my girlfriend's I boyfriend. All, I see him all the time when he comes. Oh, okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. He talks about his son being in the Navy all the time and being stationed on ship. That just, yeah, I was expecting that 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 loop to end. <laughs> at least two connections sooner. I apologize. <laughs> and it just, but it's the only person I know in the Navy, so I just yeah, I got two cousins. So I have technically secondhand experience. Right. right I just right. saw one of them over Thanksgiving. <laughs> Uh, oh man but yeah those those jobs are just like oh, man i don't know how you do that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i agree although i did want to i think you know oh, sorry now that i look back on it if i could do it all over again i would have joined the navy or the air force over the army no offense well, i loved being in the army i loved the people i met in the army but i think the navy and the air force prepare you better for a world outside if you're looking to move up right i think they prepare you better for a world hmm. Outside the military, those the the uh, not- Air Force I've ever heard is the cushiest. So yeah. that's why. Yeah. I really like their rooms that. are nicer, their food is better. Yeah. Whatever. Uh I just fucked up there. I should have gone Air Force. Hey, but again, I'm 19. I was just trying to run, man. I didn't know. So, but yeah, I would have totally done it again. I, ah, I had a friend that did Air Force, got out, and then did Marines. <laughs> exactly. I don't feel challenged enough. Yeah, that's what basically he said. He's Oof. like, I don't know. It felt like it was too cush. Wow. So then I joined the Marines, and then that was a mistake. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of well. course it was a mistake. That's not. That's not for the faint-hearted man. Marines is no bullshit. Plus, the fucking culture sometimes in the Marines can be quite uh, rough, for lack of a better term. Um. Yeah. All right. Where were? <laughs> Once again, where were? We? Well, I'm sitting atop my ivory tower. Oh, that's apparently. right. Yeah, yes. You're judging the poor roughneckers who just want to save the planet. Um, all right, so let's get to our number ones, right? Uh, is that everything? Well, my deuce here. Oh, you do. Sorry. Five is Minority Report. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, amazing Spielberg film. True. Very true, man. I think this is where Colin Farrell really said, okay, I am somebody. Yeah. Because we had had glimpses. You know, there was Tigerland, which brought him onto the scene, and he had kind of movies do okay yeah and whatnot but when you're co-leading with tom cruise tom yeah. cruise is the lead I, co-lead is strong but you are second yeah. on the call sheet well he's the antagonist yeah so, yeah yeah although who's technically not in the wrong right no no he isn't yeah so i don't know uh was it max von Sydow is the technical yes. antagonist yeah. yeah um yeah yeah that's your true villain in the movie spoilers yes. for a 20 year old movie yeah gotcha. that more than likely anybody listening to this show has watched uh and it would you know the all the future tech that they're they postulated looks like a decent amount of that's going to come true yeah it seems like yeah and certainly the idea of and certainly people have floated the idea of being able to develop technology where you can kind of judge what someone's going to do before they do it. So they can try to prevent crime. So, oh my God. I, mean, yeah. I think you yeah, China's working overtime on that. What What's that? The China's working overtime on that. <laughs> yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, you, you, you would run into some really fascinating discussions um, over violation of civil rights and whatever, like you have in the movie. So yeah, I could totally see it happening, but certainly the technology of like, moving your hand to bring up a screen or something that is that's been happening for a few years now uh even on televisions you know i remember when i first bought a samsung 3d television 
um, I had the ability to go to the higher model where it had a camera that popped out the top of the TV and I could move my hand to move pages on the television. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no, I don't need to pay for that. That's a little yeah. crazy. It's no. a little much. It's a little excess. So power glove failed. There's a reason it failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I don't, don't need this nonsense. Yeah, too much. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, keep going. What, what else did you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, it's Minority Report. I think yeah. people know it. Plus, I think people know our, I guess, shared number one. Yeah, I would imagine so. 1999? Yeah. Which is Galaxy Quest. No, I'm just joking, The Matrix. I, I felt bad for Galaxy Quest. Dude, me too. I was like, I should put it on here because we've talked about The Matrix so many times. But, you know, you got to be honest with the list. Yeah, let's, yeah, but let's talk about Galaxy Quest. Okay, sure. What a great yeah, film. We, we talked about the Matrix. Everybody knows the Matrix for yeah, Christ's yeah. sakes. Uh Galaxy Quest, I did not see it in the theater. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Uh I didn't. I saw it when it was on cable at some point. And I thought it was going to be a throwaway nothing. Like right. yeah, it's it'll be Alan. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be a, you know, Sigourney Weaver, Tony Shaloub. Yeah, right, right. Nothing against Sigourney, who was, you could argue, the well, then you had Rickman, right? But it wasn't. I don't know. It's weird. It was Rickman like when he was kind of in the morass of like, mm-hmm. we had this promise from Die Hard and now uh, where are you? What are you doing? And then Galaxy Quest, such an interesting choice for him as an actor, you know? Yeah. It still blows me away that Die Hard was his first movie. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, going into it and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm guessing this will be fun. And it was more than fun. It actually has an emotional impact. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah, as these characters grow, mature, and stop shying away from the potential that they all exhibit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they manage to fit in good humor. Yeah, in appropriate points, you know, when like uh, Tim Allen, through no fault of his own, his shirt gets taken off in that rock <laughs> monster fight. I think mean, I think it's Sigourney Weaver is like, why did your shirt always come off? Like as if he intentionally ripped it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to show off for some sort of camera or the people around him, but it wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah. Or the overly convoluted, uh, you know, engine ship when they're going through the duct work. Yeah. There's that weird piston things going up and down, and she's like, "Why is it always like this? Why is it, what is the logic of all this?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so true though. All those shows, it's always convoluted and. Wow ridiculous and then the idea of taking what you know uh, a contact put out into the world of you know we've been beaming these messages out into space Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then another civilization taking it as sacrosanct fact yeah yeah and these are not just tv shows they're historical documents i believe what they call it in the movie yeah yeah and that whole entire civilization has now modeled themselves around this television show yeah and and the actor was it? Um, so he was on Just Shoot Me. Yeah, and uh, I always get he's got an name. Italian name. I think. Yeah, I always get his name confused with the guy who was the opera singer in Naked Gun. Oh, uh, oh shit! Uh, yeah, Enrico Palazzo. It's Enrico Palazzo. Because <laughs> I think his name is Enrico Palatini or something. So I guess it's, it's, it's definitely a, a P start on the last name, isn't it? I feel yeah, like it's it an is. Italian name. Yeah. And it doesn't fit. The first time I saw it, I was like, yeah. that doesn't, you should change your name. <laughs> you should change your <laughs> yeah, yeah. name. It doesn't, it doesn't, 
if you were to do a side by you know fucking Pepsi <laughs> challenge on his name, you're like this doesn't match up. This doesn't. Oh, Enrico Colatoni. I was right. Oh, yes. Colatoni. I thought Colatoni. Yes. Oh my God, I was right. So that's why I always think of Enrico Palazzo because when I think of his name. Oh, that is his name. Yeah, he's so good as the leader of the um, aliens there and the whole like, ah, ah, ah yeah, the uh, laugh thing he does. Oh. Commander. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, such a weird choice. Roles, he can be quite a, a, a good villain and stuff. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I just, to whoever made that choice for the aliens to speak like that. Oh. And they all bought in. Yeah. Uh, and a great villain. Yeah. The weird, oh, yeah. like, grasshoppery locust type of creature yeah yeah um yeah just it's they they took what should be a premise and really elevated it and made it much more uh, universal and palatable yeah yeah I, I could have seen a whole you know series of these things yeah i agree i was surprised that it didn't become you know, um, a couple other installments, but again, I mean, well, Rickman dies. Oh, well, no, Rickman doesn't. Die. Um, what's his face dies? So, yeah, Rickman. Oh, no, no, yeah, his his friend dies. So, it would have, I think Rickman could have come back to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Tim was, you know, Tim's got his series, but I'm sure he could have taken a break. Sigourney, there was no one there that you would think would be an issue to bring back, you know? Yeah, Rockwell at that time, no, yeah. he would have said yes to a sequel, right? Right. Um, so, I, I think it's. It's a shame we didn't get more. You're right. That's uh, because it's so so funny, man. And but I, it, maybe that's you know all's the better because we just got one and we get. Oh, that's a good point. It. it makes it precious. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, when Mance was on our Star Trek show on Collider, he said, you know, our top ten show. He was like, that's he put it number six or something like that. So it was really funny. Uh, but it's a great one. It's such a good one. The writing works well. Justin Long is funny. There is the kind of nerdy kid with his parents. Yeah, and- he gets the communicator accidentally. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And him and his nerdy friends, and then they have they have the schematics and the blueprints of yep. the. They're the ones that help go through the the ducks later on. It's like just a smart movie in that way, and of course, you, let's make the nerds an essential part of the film yeah. instead, instead of, of the, making fun comically. of them. Which yeah. yeah, it looks like they're doing right, and it actually flips, and you see the the value of someone that cares about something like right. that so much, right? That it matters. That it can bear fruit. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, there we go. There's our lists separately. And now we're going to put this thing together. I have the bongos right here. So let's do this thing, Matt. What do we got? All right. So you put Eternal at uh, two? That did put it at two, yes. Now that it's confirmed to be sci-fi. Um... All right. So I would say it goes obviously Matrix, then Eternal, then mm-hmm. Minority Report, because that's two five. Okay. Um, and let's see, in common after that, we have Matrix, Frequency, Independence Day, Armageddon. Okay. You have Armageddon where? Four. So that's four nine. Independence Day is where? Uh that's like six, six, isn't it? Yeah. That's six eight. Yeah, that'll be lower. All right, so uh, Armageddon next. Yeah. And then um, Animatrix, we both have it six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
frequency is 7-8. Independence Day is 6-8. So I would say, if we're just going to do the commonalities. Oh, hold on. Uh, Animatrix is now 7 for me, and frequency is 9. Because I've moved Eternal Sunshine to 2, so it moved everything down. Okay, so Animatrix is 7, yeah. frequency is 9, yeah. Independence Day is... ranking, so to speak. Okay, so I still think Animatrix... Okay. 2003, Independence Day... Then frequency, and that's all our commonality. So that's one through seven. Okay. So we have eight, nine, and ten. So my highest left is number four. It's 1997, which is still on the board. Okay. So my 1997 is eight. The Men in Black. Men in Black. Yeah, Men in Black is getting bounced for the fifth element. Okay. And- all right. So then. All right, so I I have ninety. So what what are the years? I guess because right because we have to go by years. Uh, let's see. We have ninety five available, okay, and that's my number 2000. three. Twelve monkeys is ninety five. All right, twelve monkeys. Fix it. Nice. Um. Yeah, and then my my last one now is uh, two thousand and one Atlantis. And yours is okay. what. Uh, my last, my 2001, no, whatever, what's your last available? AI. AI. This is 2001's AI. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What number was that for you? 10. So 10 and 10 Atlantis versus AI. I'll take Atlantis over. uh, All right. That makes it easy. All right. Atlantis it is. And we are done. Good. All right. Let's do this thing. Okay. The top 10 sci-fi films per year from 95 to 2004. Yeah. That's a long title. Yep. At number 10. Uh Atlantis, The Lost Civil or The Lost Empire, 2001. At number nine. Twelve monkeys. I actually didn't write down the year. What is the year on that? 1995. Uh, yeah, 1995, yeah. At number eight. Uh the fifth element from 1997. Okay. At number seven. Frequency from 2000. At number six. Independence Day from 1996. At number five. The Animatrix from 2003. At number four. Armageddon from 1998. At number three. Minority Report from 2002. At number two. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind from 2004. And our number one film, uh, sci-fi film between 1995 and 2004 is... Is the Matrix from 1999? Whoa, the Matrix! Whoa, there it is. That's our list. Uh, thank you all so much uh, for listening, and uh, for those of you who joined us live at the ten dollar and above uh, Patreon level, thank you very much to EY Geekness, Embrace Your Geekness, and Cam Chapman. Merry Christmas to you all as well, as you've said it in the chat. Um, and uh, what's the deal? What's, is that it? Is that a, is that is that is that everything we need to say here on this episode, here, man? Uh, you can follow the show at Top Ten Show on Twitter, all spelled out, and on Instagram and YouTube, it's forward slash the Top Ten Podcast with the number ten. So please hit us up on any of those, and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost. If you're inclined to uh, listen or watch a, another uh, music related show, check out uh, Settle the Score. You can find that anywhere you get podcasts, or you can go to YouTube.com forward slash Matt Nost to watch. And that is it for me. Cool. As for me, you can follow me at the Roca says. 
uh, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, The Outlaw Nation on Twitch. My other podcast, The Cinephiles, uh, The Geek Buddies, and The Hot Mic, they're out there for you all to enjoy. And if you're a wrestling fan or a sports fan, started two new channels over the last few weeks, the uh, Game Time Sports Channel and the uh, Strong Style Wrestling Channel. So come and find those and subscribe to that content that is still happening. So, um, all right. Well, there you go. Thank you all so much. We appreciate it madly. You all listening to us. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Have a safe and happy holidays. Um, or hope we hope you had a safe and happy holidays. This is coming out next Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we happy miss- New Year. Yeah, happy New Year. Absolutely. Have a happy New Year. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the Top Ten. Peace. Ooh.